watch Yahoo! Phantom of the forest, you spear, finger, fire, dragon, Ohio grass man, silver giant, bloodless hollow, West Virginia vampire, coyote king, hogzilla, devil, dark coyote killer. Mothman, smoke wolf, a lizard, demon, ashman, grafton monster, cow killing bastard, shadow creature, dust man, Cherokee, death cat, wild man, great fire rape. What else do I have to say? Steal yourself some chicken wire, and I'll get some blubber, cast the thunder brothers. Don't you dare get out of the golf cart. We can keep our pixies while we hunt the pixies. Smelly gastro team, red island bear beast. Silver giant, squalling savage, black wolf was kind of average. Stone giant, raven, mock a midnight, whistler, wampus beast, wild wild woman, Ohio grass man again. Technically, huckleberry wolf, man of wolf county, need to find the axe again if we hunt the lightning man. The west is werewolf, deadly howl, Kentucky hellhound, little girl, headless horror, I can't take it anymore. Steal yourself some chicken wire. I'll get some lumber, catch the Thunder Brothers Don't you dare get out of the golf cart We can keep our big seats while we hunt the Big Feet This here's Big Feet's, the only podcast that dares to tell the truth in the face of the lies of Big Bigfoot. I'm Robert Brockway, reminding my co-host, we do that thing where we introduce ourselves... Oh, that's my cue. I'm about uh, seven, eight foot tall, at least 800 pounds. You'll know me by my glowing red eyes. I'm Sean Baby, based on the Hardy Boys novel, Bad Rap. And I am award-winning author Jason Pargin. And uh, I know before we even begin, it is bad podcasting to continually tell people, no, if you are starting on this episode, please stop and go back and listen from episode one. I get that because a lot of people are not going to do it. And especially the premise of this show, it is not completely clear why you would need to listen to this like a true crime podcast, where <laughs> you have to have seen every step of the. Let me assure you, I know that from the description, it sounds like we are watching a Bigfoot hunting reality show and just making fun of it every time, saying, haha, look at these idiots, they believe in Bigfoot. That is not what we are doing. There are layers to this that we are slowly uncovering. If you can go back and listen to episode one of this show, please do. Okay, the first layer is, haha, look at these idiots looking for Bigfoot. I think it's, Let's be clear. That's, that's one of the, the entirety of it for me. I want everyone to know there's no layers <laughs> on my end. <laughs> no, this is an art. This is about watching them. Into, it's watching... It's watching a species independently invent all the rules of storytelling and improv. Like, it's... It's fascinating, like mm-hmm. watching watching how a story was invented. Like this is if you could time lapse caveman development into how how the modern novel came to be, it would be this show. That's my plug for this show. That's my plug for the week. I'm plugging this show based on that description I just said. Uh, listen to the show. Listen to Big Feats. Tell your friends about it, uh, or we'll stop doing it. No, we won't. <laughs> we won't. That's a bluff. <laughs> We're gonna do this forever. Yeah, this is my favorite. Uh, thing. But that's my plug. How about Jason? Oh my God. I have a different novel to plug this time. Fuck For you. The first time in a year. I have a new book coming out in 2024 later this year. It is up for pre order now in every possible format. It is a standalone novel, not part of any series called I Am Starting to Worry About This Black Box of Doom. <laughs> 
<laughs> always, always astonishing. The titles mm-hmm. you get through. great titles. They get longer every time. There, it is now legitimately difficult to fit it onto the cover. It is a struggle. If you look at the wonderful cover design we came up with, the cover artist was handed this title, and I think they were not happy with how how many words they were being asked <laughs> to fit onto the cover of the book. But they did a wonderful job. Yeah, as I can describe it, though, it's. Uh, a beautiful AI generation uh, of of an ape, and then in papyrus font, uh, it has the title of the book it's centered, but just a little bit off. Is that am I? Do I have that right? Crowding the ape, <laughs> crowding the ape right off the cover. It's like one of mm-hmm. those pop out things where you pull the ape out the yeah. rest of the way. The ape has eight fingers on one hand, four mm-hmm. on the other, and just seventy teeth <laughs> on top and bottom. Astonishing. What was the last time you got to plug like a new thing that's not part of a series or that you didn't know was part of a series yet? Nine years, 20, 2015. Right? Yeah. Wow. Not yeah, Almost that, a decade. That's how that's how often I come up with an actual new idea. <laughs> About <laughs> once a decade. <laughs> Do you just realize like in, in real time when you come up with an idea like, fuck, I'm going to be podcasting about this for the next eight years. <laughs> All right, I'm done. That's it. It's it's uh, it's like such a weight off my back. It's like, all right, well, that's over. No, it's not. It has just begun. Uh, Sean, Sean, what's your plug? Oh, everyone, visit uh, the Big Feats podcast featuring us talking about it right now. Oh, and one nine hundred hot dot com. Do that. Come support independent comedy. Uh, it, we're the last ones doing it. Uh, if you're not already supporting us, you are the enemy, and we will find you and destroy you. Uh, we are talking, of course, as we mentioned, uh, about Big Feats. Jason has laid out the warning. Go listen to this from episode one. I know it's so tempting to, and, and all of our fans are listening and saying, like, God, I can't wait until they get to X when it really gets crazy. And I love how X is a different point for every single person that says that. Because <laughs> it just, that's what we're doing. No, it just continually gets fucking wilder. And, like, it's such a privilege to go through the journey from stage one. Because we did initially record some episodes uh, for the Dog Zone 9000. Hey, there's our other plug. That's oh, our other excellent. podcast. Go listen to that. Uh, we did initially record some episodes like out of order. And I wish we hadn't. I wish we hadn't been spoiled for that so that we could get there. It like sucks knowing that that's, that's a place that we get to. Because it's so great watching them, watching them learn that. Uh, if you really just haven't even heard anything about it, Big Feats is, is a, about a show called Mountain Monsters. Uh, it's Hillbilly X-Files. It's like one of those paranormal ghost hunting shows, except for it's about monsters in the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, and it's like they've never even heard of those those other shows, those other ghost hunting shows. It's like it's like they think they invented it and they're having a really hard time. Like, the show is on HBO Max, now just Max. All the episodes are there. If you don't find it there, it's probably they're probably up on Daily Motion and elsewhere. It is not difficult to find. I think they were on Roku when we last saw them. They've got a few on YouTube uh, scattered to the winds. We are going off of the HBO Max order, which is important because like all the best shows, there is no established order officially. Everybody runs it differently, but watch it in the order we're doing it. I swear to God, it's the best one. I can't imagine any other order, a single episode. I do need to interject here because there are already some people who are listening to this episode who are watching the show along with us, which is the best way to do this, to watch Mountain Monsters and listen to us talk about it, who are saying... What happened to the shadow creature of Braxton County? You skipped an episode. Are you afraid 
of that episode? Are you ducking yes. it? Are you too scared to talk about it? This isn't a situation where I do think the HBO Max order is wrong. According to IMDb, the shadow creature of Braxton County should have been a couple of episodes back. That I believe is the order that they were broadcast in. There are some hints that indicate that is where it goes in the timeline. We are using the HBO Max order, which I think is wrong, um, because that's the, the order that is the easiest for people to follow along with if they are watching it with us rather than to have to try to look it up on IMDb. So we will be doing the Shadow Creature next week. Some of you are eagerly anticipating that one, um, but we will get there. I say next week, week the next episode, it's two whatever. I, I, yeah. No, it's a and, weekly and, show now because I've said that it's now that's now your schedule. <laughs> and and it's actually more screwed up than you said like everything about about Mountain Monsters is uh it's also the order that they do it where I watch it because I I watch the episodes on uh on Prime. I bought every single season. I spent $150 on Mountain Monsters so that I so that I own them because they had the audacity to cut a short section like a I want to say a 30 second section. And we can't have that. We we have to know everything about it. And they don't even remotely go off of the same order as HBO Max. Like they think we're at the they think this is like towards the end of season two, but it's still this order uh at this point in the series. It still does go this week's episode, which is Death Cat of Cherokee County, and then Shadow Creature. There's just no way to track it. A good way to measure, I think, is uh the the less ethics they have as uh uh, television producers, uh, the later in the series they are. Because it starts off and they're like, we're just going <laughs> to pretend we saw a monster. And then it gets to the point where they're like, you know, I think it'd be okay if we like had a guy in a gorilla costume run past the camera real quick. And then they got to the point where it's like, you know, I think it might be okay if we invent our own monster and fully CGI render it behind a bush. And uh, so I, I think that's how you can tell. If you see something when you're like, well, they can't expect me to believe that, you're early in the show. If you see something where you're like, well, this fucker is lying to me, that's later in the, in the series. That is straight up Buck with a, a gorilla costume sleeve on his arm reaching through a fence. Yep. Uh, again, that's the thing that happened. We'll get to that. We'll get to that episode. That's we'll get late. to the episode yes, where they just dress a guy in a gorilla costume and hold him down and beat the shit out of him. They're like, we killed Bigfoot. Like, we'll get there. It happens. Uh, our, our, if you're confused, our cast is uh, is Trapper, the leader, uh, Huckleberry, who is security, and he's, he's, an, he's like a shaven Bigfoot himself, so I believe it. Buck uh, started off the rookie, became a caller for like two episodes that I guess will never let him live down, and now he is... Firmly the Jon Snow uh, of of this cast. He is being groomed for mm -hmm. this position of leadership. He's the husky ninja and in charge of B-team most times. There is Jeff, our hillbilly research scientist, by which I mean he does own a laptop. It looks abused, but he owns one. Willie is our trapper, and Wild Bill is our tracker, by which I mean he's our loose rogue maniac. <laughs> he is just a maniac that they occasionally corral into a television episode, and the rest of the time he just terrorizes his small town wherever he is from. He's good at tree and very little else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's good at up he's tree. Okay. He's terrible at he's down good tree. good at up tree. Bad, real bad at down. We will see how bad he is at down tree a few times in the next couple of episodes. It becomes a plot point. Uh, we're watching Mountain Monster Season 1, Episode 14, according to Max Order, Death Cat of Cherokee County. And as we always do, we research whether or not this monster is quote-unquote real, as in, like, did they just completely invent it because they had an idea? 
or was this based on some sort of folklore? The answer is yes and no, as it so often is these days. Uh, it is based on actual folklore, but the folklore is just another name for the Wampus Cat, which they have already covered. So in order to make it a different <laughs> a different episode, they just took a synonym for the same creature and was like, nah, this is a different creature. It's a death cat. And made up the rest of rest of the details about it, which is wonderful. And I wish they would. I hope they, they'll get there. I trust that they'll get there, that they'll just be like, okay, the Sasquatch. Now that's a different creature. He's... He's red and he only runs backwards. That's a Sasquatch. Now that you got to differentiate that from your from your big feats and your yetis and your abominable snowman. We'll we'll get there. Our precedent has been set. Uh, so we start off. Uh, there's a formula to the show. We start off with Trapper's truck briefing, where they all crowd into Trapper's truck, driving to the case already on the way. And Buck says, right off, establishes the theme of this episode. He says, "This is one I've always wanted to go after." And Trapper says, "Oh, you heard of it?" And Buck says, I got Cherokee blood in me, Trapper. Trapper says, oh, you do? And Buck says, absolutely. My great-grandmother was full-blooded Cherokee Indian. And what Trapper should have said is, oh, you don't? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, uh, here's where immediately the feeling of dread of like, oh, no. They're going to do Indian stuff in this episode. (laughs) They have decided that since Buck is... I guess one eighth Cherokee, his great uh-huh. grandmother, right? Um, that sounds right. 12% so, for example, so. by by comparison, my grandfather was full blooded Cherokee. That is not a joke. Uh, how many times have you guys heard me mention that in the course of working with me? Well, you haven't mentioned it, but our lives have been saved by your Cherokee blood so yeah. many times. I mean, sometimes you listen to the ground for horses, and I'm like, "There's no way this guy doesn't have Cherokee blood in him if he's doing that." <laughs> <laughs> Already our first cut. We're in the intro. The, the point being, uh, this is right away they're establishing they have decided they have had a meeting about this episode and they have decided that this episode, after the absolute insanity of Wild Bill's Bear Beast uh, last time, <laughs> they're going to do a character based thing. And this one is going to be about the, the maturation and the elevation of Buck. Mm-hmm. The rookie, I love it so much. I love the lesson they learned from the time they gave what they gave Wild Bill creative control of an episode, and he almost killed everybody in the county. <laughs> <laughs> that they were like, "This was a good idea. We should try it again with Buck this time," mm-hmm. and they did. This is Buck's episode. This is Buck's character building episode. And uh, we know he- Buck loves uh, Native American lore and uh, I, cougars. Both types. <laughs> this this is something we know persists because the when we skipped ahead in the Dog Zone episodes, this was another plot point. And a major plot point was Buck's Cherokee blood. And one of the one of the jokes that we laughed at so hard was they all said was was Trapper told Buck, "Looks like your Cherokee blood saved us saved us, Buck." And then I think it was Huckleberry that went again. And then they all laughed, and we were like, "Again, <laughs> what? <laughs> this <laughs> is the callback. The callback. This is where it starts." Uh, so so buck says now this is my heritage first lie of the episode something i've wanted to go after for a long time this here is the super bowl for me so killing an ancient cherokee creature formed from the souls of his ancestors torment man that's that's the dream we've not even gotten there yet the fact that he's that he's saying this is his super bowl knowing how all of these hunts end (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. That that's is true. already the saddest yeah. thing you've ever heard. <laughs> so you're haunted. You're that team that's haunted. That they have like a, a ghost legend about to explain why you keep losing. When the other team's confetti is falling around and you're just having to like sit there on the field. We proved they existed. It's kind of a win. <laughs> we proved the Kansas City Chiefs exist. <laughs> we can go home happy. And by God, they're afraid of man. <laughs> they got the fear of man in them now. Uh, so being one eighth Indian, maybe, but probably not, is enough for Buck to to feel in, Indian monsters in his magic blood. And that's a sport. That's a sport to him. That's that's the king of all sports to him. Is what we're doing right now. And now we do our thick cryptid thigh check where we check out the terrible CGI rendering <laughs> they have inexplicably paid somebody to make for them. Somebody, does anybody want to take? Because I love this one so much. Oh, there used it. to be a genre of funny photo on the internet, which was like bad taxidermy. It was like mm -hmm. an old Tumblr blog that had hundreds of these where it's, it's just, you know, they tried to stuff an animal and it went so horribly wrong that it almost seemed cruel. It looks like one of those. <laughs> yes, Did you guys does. ever watch the, uh, when your kids watch the cartoon Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers? Yes. So he fought a cat named Fat Cat, who was like yep. this sort of mobster cat. It looks like that. It looks like if that it looks like right. if Fat Cat from the Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers got nude and uh, was very angry at someone like bursting into his bathroom. Uh, I wrote down it looks like a chubby guy in a real edgy fursuit based on like Todd McFarlane erotica. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's a really good description. <laughs> it's uh, They explain that he's 500 pounds, four foot at the shoulders, six feet without his tail, which makes him by far the smallest thing they've ever hunted. Well, I like he this because... He does have thick thighs, though. You've got to give that to him. Wild Bill's bear beast was 1,500 pounds. So it's almost like they've symbolized, hey, this is a character-based episode. You know, we're not going crazy or this isn't about this is about zooming in on who we are as people. This isn't so much about the monster. So we're just fighting a tiny little monster this week. Just a little one. Normal size creature. We're, we're like exploring Buck's family history. Yeah, this is the thematic monster that's important to Buck. And that makes him, well, he's a little guy now, little chubby guy in a fursuit. That's what he has to fight. I, I don't want to explore why that's his issue, but it is. There's another thing about this where I feel like Wild Bill is having an off episode because I feel like he might be a little embarrassed that he did almost kill the entire county with his insane bear idea. And <laughs> so I, I don't know. I guess we'll just explore that as we go through. But that, I had that in my notes that like something's off with Wild Bill this episode. It just looked tiring, man. Yeah. That last episode, it looked yeah. like if I was Wild Bill when I came down from... The creative high uh, I was on mm -hmm. from owning that episode. High. That's another thing. He might have gotten one of Jason's time notes where Jason's always giving notes that go back in time somehow. And they hear them. He might have said, this is too much meth for one episode. And Wild Bill's like, you know, I think maybe I'll just take one episode with no meth and just see how it goes. Can't catch it if you don't come down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... So right off the bat, Trapper says he's devastating these farmers, eating their cattle, their sheep, their goats. Maybe the next thing he'll kill is a person. So it's theoretical, but he it could. He could consider murder at some point. <laughs> and if he does, that would be bad, because as Huckleberry says, that size, being hit by that thing, it's like being hit by a car. But that's not how it would kill you, right? Like, it's, it doesn't just headbutt you at full speed, does it? <laughs> Maybe it does. You don't That's know. an awesome way for a cat to kill somebody. 
<laughs> if it did, that would be that would be his action. We have the tone of whimsy, but they bring up the trail of fucking tears and that that was when it was first sighted and how this is actually like all of the spirits of the the natives that died on that horrible forced march and it has taken the form of this I guess <laughs> sprinting headbutting super cat. <laughs> okay, this should, uh, everybody at home is like, I know Sean. He's a funny guy. He likes to embellish. Very it's almost word for word. It's <laughs> yes. almost a direct quote. Yes. What they the, say. The tone of the show is suddenly very, very somber. And <laughs> they introduce, they say it was first spotted in the early 1800s, right around the tra- right around the time of the Trail of Tears. And the myth is that the Indians who died on this death march. Their souls all glommed together and became the Cherokee Death Cat, who would now, like, haunts for revenge, I guess, on the sheep of the white man. I don't know what <laughs> how that story plays out. But this is this is a Voltron of dead Indians. Yeah, it's a very good Wait, no. story. It's a reverse Voltron, because it's men coming together to form a cat. So it's a, it's a reverse Voltron yeah. of dead Indians. It's like a really good alpha flight villain. <laughs> Here's where I, uh, I want to examine how they came up with this creature. Because we, we love to examine – because you can often see where they started with a prop or a specific piece of mm-hmm. landscape. And that's how they brainstormed the creature. So here, some people, some listeners are already confused because they're like, well, hold on. is This was the death cat of Cherokee County. And then they immediately just started calling it the Cherokee Death Cat as shorthand, but then they started referring to it as a Cherokee creation. So here's what happened. (laughs) They decided they had a spot to shoot in North Carolina, which I think is the farthest they've gone for a creature so far, Mm -hmm. um, and that happened to be in Cherokee County. So they decided that the creature there was the death cat and they called it the Cherokee County death cat and then shortened it to the Cherokee death cat. And then from that decided that the cat was the creation of a native American tiger mancer. Yep. <laughs> who summoned it into reality to get vengeance on the white men for their genocide of the native Americans. All of that stemmed from the fact that the place where they're shooting happened to be called Cherokee County. Cause to be clear, People not familiar with how this works. The Cherokee were not isolated to that one county. The, the Cherokee Nation spanned six states. It, it's it's enormous landmass where they that they had controlled one time. So that's how they arrived at this. But this spot where they're filming is the spot it's where so they were good. saddest, where they were the most sad, <laughs> and it made a big cat. I also think um, there are no uh, pumas or mountain lions or cougars in North Carolina. So if they would have filmed this back where they're from, people would have said, "Yeah, it's just a it's just a puma." That you're you're getting reports of a of a mountain lion, you idiot. But in North Carolina, it could only be the death cat of Cherokee County. See, but they did. We did an episode where they did the wampus cat. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> they, they did. They must have gotten that that feedback of like, "You idiots, that was just a mountain lion." They're like, "Nuh-uh." We'll go somewhere where there aren't any and do it again. <laughs> then you'll be sorry. Uh, so after all, after after all of this insanity, after this, just all the souls of dead wronged Indians came together to form a big cat. Huckleberry sums it all perfectly. Sums it all up perfectly when he says, "Exactly, <laughs> just exactly. <laughs> that's exactly." Yeah. Trapper says, "Yes, that's the myth." But Huckleberry goes, but there's a reason to the myth. Always. Always. And, uh, I guess that's what we're going to find out. Trapper says one way or another, Buck's Cherokee blood 
may be the key to this whole investigation, <laughs> hunt, the whole damn thing. I bet you when pushing come to shove, he won't charge Buck. It's a very interesting theory. He, it's a theory he didn't believe when he started that sentence. He yeah. said, I don't believe in the myth, but I'll bet you the myth is true. The great thing about Mountain Monsters is that when you watch a TV show or a film, when they set up a Chekhov's gun, you know it's going to pay off. If you're mm -hmm. watching the True Detective season that's on right now and they found a tattoo of a spiral in the forehead of one of the victims, it's like, okay, we're eventually – that's going to circle yeah, back something. around. We're going to find out what that is. With Mountain Monsters, there's about a 25% chance they will remember their, their setup at the end of the show, and about a 75% chance they will forget about it completely. Which one will that be this episode? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the second so, one. Huckleberry's not quite done dispensing wisdom. Buck says, I'm, that makes me the only safe one on this trip, thanks to my magic Indian blood. Uh, and Huckleberry says, well, the old ones always told me. You take a piece of clothing off if a cat get after you and throw it down on the ground, they'll stop and tear it up. And then you run away and throw another piece, run away and throw another piece. And Buck says, what do you do when you're naked? And Huckleberry goes, run really, really fast. It's almost a joke. <laughs> you got to the punchline and then you... Yeah. I appreciate the effort, though. This is... Can I just say this is my favorite truck briefing so it's far? It's pretty good, yeah. I like that uh, it's got... It, 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 a lot of emotions. It's, it's very silly. You can tell they're building a story. Uh, there's a little bit of eroticism. Um, there's collective grief super cats. <laughs> yes. Magic Indian blood. There's a naked huckleberry taking stripping advice from, from the old ones, from you know what else Lovecraftian I like? gods. Not that much Jeff. That's my favorite thing about it. <laughs> Fucking Jeff. <laughs> Never gonna let him go, huh? Just I'm always, ahead of me for I life. I spend so much time watching this show pissed off at Jeff. Can we just very briefly try to think of a better punchline to because I know oh, they idea. don't play in these these bits. And when he says, like, well, what do you do once you're naked? Well then you fuck him. Well, yeah. I guess my mine would be then you scream, Well, that didn't work. Why did my uncle make me practice this so many times? Oh, I like that. That is a dark twist. <laughs> That's a dark one. Uh, I like that it's not a fun one. It takes the joke in an unfun direction. That's <laughs> all the best jokes, too. Uh, so it's time to meet our first witness, whose name is Herbal. And he is a beef farmer. He's a beef now, farmer. Now, I don't... I don't know. John, you grew up rural. You're going to have to tell never me. never heard anyone. Is that what they call that? I've never heard anyone call a cattle rancher a beef farmer, but I was uh, from the Pacific Northwest, so it, it could be a regional thing. Uh, it's probably not because you don't usually uh, start and end uh, a compound word with the same letter sound. <laughs> I did think they said beef farmer initially. Yeah, very early on in beef farming, they would have said, no, this, we sound like we're farming bees. We got to come up with a new name. That is what I thought he said, and I thought it ruled, but then I had yeah. to think back, like, but you know what, Beef Farmer's atheist. also very funny. Yeah. His headgear is nothing. He has a really crazy Amish beard and, like, Eddie Vedder hair. I don't like it. I think uh, I think that's a missed opportunity. Uh, Trapper prompts him and says, very specifically, like, one of the first things in their interactions, now, Herbal, do you see any bite marks on this thing? Herbal is Herbal, a the way he talks. hillbilly forensic think, scientist. Yeah, I think... I think the way Herbal talks is maybe he doesn't quite understand what they're doing there on his property. Yeah. Like maybe 
Yeah, he's- maybe he didn't get the full briefing. <laughs> but once he starts talking, he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I found a body and it was mangled by something with this emotional state and this type of power and this. Like he's just walking him through it, like, like the. Th- expert they talked to on a CSI episode or something. Well, his exact quote, because it's crazy, because he just keeps going. He doesn't know what they're doing and when to stop. He's just like, he's watching their faces and being like, I know this. I know what this is doing. He's watching their faces and being like, is this enough? Is this good enough? And they never give him the cue. So he goes, you can see where he bites him in the neck, (laughs) then gets around and chokes him in the neck. And then he goes and tries to bite through the juggler. And then they bleed out. And then they suffocate, <laughs> and they're not they're not trying to feed. They're just killing these cattle. And then finally Huckleberry goes, just killing to be killing. And that's that's like, oh, fucking thank God, I can stop. They, they travel by roller skate. Uh, what else? What else? They speak fluent Spanish. Uh, because this implies that he saw this happen right in front of him. Yes. <laughs> it, it is not this kind of thing you'd be able to put together, you know, post-mortem, you wouldn't think. <laughs> it implies that he watched... A, a great Indian death cat just pole dance around a cow's neck until yeah. it died, just spinning around it with its teeth on it. <laughs> like, like a cob of corn. I realize, <laughs> but, but using the phrasing beef farmer, how, how funny it would have been if the Mountain Monsters crew would have spent several minutes of this conversation thinking he was describing how one of his bees had been right. attacked. <laughs> <laughs> how did he get now? That's, that's an eye for detail, I tell you. Real, real tiny. Real Got him around work. his tiny little neck. And you know they just roll with it for the rest of the episode. <laughs> so we're dealing with a shrinking cat. Or a cat with very, very precise teeth. Uh, Herbal says the omen of the Cherokee death cat is that if you even see this creature, it will be your death as well. So, I love we know this. Buck is safe. And we know the cameraman is safe. So it has ramming <laughs> speed powers. Yes, the cameraman will never find it. Uh... <laughs> uh <laughs> But it also has like Ringu powers, so if you if you look at it, you will just die from or Gorgon, I guess, at Medusa. Like, what what are we dealing with? But it's tremendous ability. It's got it's got <laughs> neck bite. It's got like hoist Gracie chokehold. It's got <laughs> it can shrink. It's, it can shrink. It can take out a bee with a with a rear naked choke. It can ram you with car power. Again, I know the listeners are on the edge of their seat saying, well, well, gosh, surely that's going to come back into play later in the episode. Like one of them are going to make eye contact with it and they will have to break the spell or something. We'll see. You never <laughs> <Maybe>. know. <laughs> they may remember this. Or I bring it up because they really close this, this storyline <laughs> really in a really satisfying way. I think they call this storytelling technique Chekhov's dumb fuck. It's, it's Chekhov's iPod shuffle in that he just always forgets it somewhere. <laughs> fucking duck in uh so they find a track and trapper trapper says great trap the most fucking completely insane thing he could possibly say like if i was on set that day i would have murdered him instantly <laughs> as a pod person if he said this in front of me and what he says is now i hate to say this because i'm the one that always rules out the myths but there's nothing in north america that can make a track like that fucking what the f- Fuck are you talking about, Trapper? <laughs> they hunted themselves six or seven creatures that make that exact track. Yes. <laughs> also, you have never ruled out a myth in your life. Earlier today, you thought about ruling out one myth when they, they said that the Cherokee Death Cat was a reverse 
Indian grief Voltron, and you changed your mind mid-sentence to instead believe the myth. Like, and in fact, embellished it a little bit. You added yes. a little bit more magic to the net. There's For my, him of all people to say, now I'm the skeptic. Fucking no, you're the leader, man. And uh, I want to pull back from the kayfabe even a step further and say, he watched the guy make that track, whoever that was, whether it was him <laughs> or someone else on the set. Uh, <laughs> with their one cookie, with their exact yes, cookie cutter track, but they will not make another one. Paw cookie cutter. Also, very there's a detail is kind of easy to miss here because we've all gotten used to the fact that when they meet their witnesses, their witnesses always just standing in the middle middle of the wilderness near no yes. other structure. Here they meet this guy, um, and then he says, "Well, I found a track. Let's go to where I found the track." And then they get in their golf carts and go to that location. So instead of just meeting him at the spot where the tracks are. Like they never, sometimes they'll kind of come up with a reason like why we're meeting right here. Like this was where he saw the, the grass man or whatever. Here it's just no, this is the spot where he is in the woods. <laughs> That's one of the things that bothers me about the show so much. And that from a storytelling perspective, it's this extra step you don't need. But also just from a character perspective, none of these people are someone you'd ever want to go to a second location with. Like it's it's completely absurd to meet Herbal the beef farmer and like head off with him. Like no one will ever see I, you again. I wouldn't again. believe. Him. Yeah, I wouldn't believe him as soon as he said I'm a beef farmer. I'd be like, that's not the word mm -hmm. for that. I don't know what the word Just for that is. Just come into my barn. Farmer? I'll show you everything you need in my barn. <laughs> There's a. This is in Portland. This is in in southeast. There was a. a a, a big sign that just said foot doctor. And I was always like, that's a front. I don't trust that. You wouldn't call <laughs> yeah, yourself a like foot that. doctor. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's a bet. There's a, yeah, way, there's a lady, better word. Ladies only. <laughs> right. This beef farmer is the foot doctor of North Carolina. Like that's, that's your cue not to follow that guy. He is not what he says he is. Uh, so, so we go to our night investigation where Trapper says to warn them all off. This some bitch is bigger, stronger, faster than any creature of this type we've ever faced. Not even close. Based on nothing. Not even close. They fought like a five shack monster just last episode. Yes, literally last, it was 1500 pounds last episode. And it, I want to say it abducted bear children in like a van. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't. It's, it's certainly not faster than the Mothman, which could teleport through time and space instantly. Right. <laughs> And did 911. Yes. Let's not <laughs> forget. This is I know you want to give Buck his episode, but god damn it. It's none of those things. Yes. This is a normal this is like a a chubby guy with that runs very fast. Do you die if you look at him? But uh he's in a very expensive fursuit. It is his weakness cuz he's not going to want to mess that up. Those things cost like 2 grand to have made. Uh so Trapper warns them all that they all have to be Keen and completely aware of their surroundings. So they're all dead because last mm. last episode, both Jeff and Willie got eaten by the same hole. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that Buck uh, Buck makes the point around here that uh, this is extra personal for him, which is an, a note that uh, they were clearly given early in the series that they need to have motivation to kill these monsters. Um, you can't just go into the woods and murder these legendary creatures, especially since this one is like that. These souls, these souls of the damned. Uh, but yeah, but this is very personal for Buck. More, most personal it's ever been for him, he says. Uh, he's really wasn't. More personal than anything has ever been. And the thing is, in the hands of a slightly better storyteller, 
the whole point would be, oh, Buck is part Cherokee, therefore mm-hmm. he sympathizes right. with the spirits of this animal. So his job will be to subdue the creature and say, hey, look, we mean you no harm. We want to we want you to rest in peace. We want to, you know, we want to release you from this curse or whatever. Help um, that and instead of help like, the puma no, get we, revenge on the people who did this to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We will go kill the sheep for you. Is that what you, you want to ruin the, the local economy of, of the white people? We will help you with that. It would be, he would be taking the creature's side to some degree. Uh, I don't think that will be coming up, but I just spoiler. They might've forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they never even mentioned it. It's just personal because he's Cherokee. Uh, because he he's because he has his magic Indian blood, his exact words at some point, his magic Cherokee blood. This is personal to him, and therefore he is going to murder his ancestors for the white man. Is <laughs> is the is the theme of this episode? Uh, Trapper says, <clears throat> "I tell you one thing: a myth don't kill cows." And then Buck, Buck senses like that's a good line and says, "Either way, I want answers." So, like. Like he should have cocked a shotgun there, but that sentence makes has nothing to do with what Trapper just said. Yeah, he really shouldn't have stepped on that fucking legendary line. <laughs> it's his episode, and yeah. he was just—I think he was mad that Trapper was was taking the line from him. Uh, so they do go out on that line, even though it's kind of nothing. Uh, they think it's nocturnal, of course. Uh, I can't believe I even mentioned that they're all nocturnal because you can see things too well during the day. <laughs> So well, no, but they've, they've ever they got the recent note a few episodes ago where they start to mention that because because again we have not very recently had an episode where they only spotted it during the day and didn't explain why they had to do their hunt only at night. Here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have gotten it. No, no, no. We do have to come back at night. There's a reason for that. I'm telling you, it's like a it's like a card game or something. There's like m- rules and mechanics to this. You can only bring two producer notes on an episode <laughs> and each time you have to choose what those are very carefully for the for the task you're facing <laughs> they do a trope here that i really like on the show where the they talk about how the animals are spooked and so they find some cows and they're like oh these cows they've been seeing some death cats of cherokee county for sure they're really spooked and they show one just like gently trotting <laughs> like just a cow moving from one location to another very calmly and they're like look at that cow he's flipping out also if they're spooked by anything it's the fact that they're all in the middle of their field yeah. they're all just like walking up to the cows <laughs> at night uh <laughs> so they find a log uh with some water splash nearby and that's proof that is absolute proof trapper yeah, i bought it does his like his Columbo impression, his wilderness <laughs> yes. Columbo impression is just like, okay, this log is the perfect thing for him to him to hunt on. So he must run back and forth on this. Uh, see here are some some tiny scratches. So that must yeah, be this monstrous beast. Did a 360 kickflip off that. <laughs> and landed in the water and caused a big old splash. So we know he was right here. So no, but he's right there though, because they they cut to the, like the rocks and there's just like some water splash on them. That dries in seconds. Yeah. So He's right here, like with them, and or, they're trying to. It makes water do weird things. We don't know all of the Cherokee cat's powers, so this is a great. Uh, this is great proof for Sean's Sean's hatred of Jeff. What happens next? <laughs> God damn, Jeff! You want to take it? Oh yes. Uh, okay, so 
They Jeff turns on his thermal camera, which has never done shit, and they he gets on the high ground. He's like, I got the high ground and my thermal. And then they like go out there, uh, and no, they immediately see the Cherokee cat, of course. And Jeff's like, I gotta switch my battery, guys. And it takes him like four hours to switch his batteries. Uh, and by the time he finally gets the battery back on, he gets this like random little green blob. It's the worst thing they've ever caught on it's, thermal. It's yeah, distant and tiny, even it's for them. Just nothing. Like uh, it could be, it could be one of Herbal's bees. Like it, it's just absolutely nothing. I love it because he tries to make switching out the battery like a ticking clock yes. time bomb thing. He starts yelling out, 60 seconds, 60 <laughs> seconds. Like, like there's yeah. a little timer on the camera that's like counting down I invite until battery is good again. To go, just go to Best Buy, pick up all the cameras and try to switch the batteries and see how long it takes you. And see if along the way you're tempted to shout out, 60 seconds, just 60 <laughs> seconds it, left. To- see if it gives you a countdown, <laughs> 60 seconds until battery good. Because they do this more and more in the show. They'll try to, like, stage an action moment. Mm-hmm. And in your head, you can picture, like, you know, well, we can hear it. It's coming. It's out there somewhere. Oh, no, oh, no the, yeah. the thermal's dead. You know, got to change the battery. It's going to be 60 seconds. But then they, like, cut back to Buck and Huckleberry. They're, like, laughing at him because yeah. it's taking him so long to change the battery. It just kills the tension. It's just kind of, it's just kind of weird. It's not... I don't think the editor is in on it. I think they edit it in a way that just kind of makes makes Jeff look like a look like an ass. <laughs> That's generous. <laughs> to assume Jeff isn't doing it himself. They have no reason to believe that they can look at it through the thermal. Like Jeff should see the thermal shape and die, right? Like that's the the fucking story we've been told. <laughs> Does like, it translate I, through I, I, only the shittiest? If he turned right to camera and said the Cherokee Death Cats powers do not work through thermal i'd be like okay fine fine go do it then but they that makes sense they have no reason to believe that he wouldn't die from looking at it through that they should all be very worried is the point like they should be very concerned like like that should have been their briefing before they went out on the night investigation like look if you see this thing don't look at it turn away <laughs> they should have had blindfolds uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this should have been no this should have been Jeff's moment to shine with that thermal because we've been digging. He's been getting such a so shit on by his thermal. This should have been the Clash of the Titans thing where he he has the shield in his yes, and it's the only one that can look at it. So he's guiding them through as they all as they all walk backwards behind him. Only his terrible, terrible thermal camera to go <laughs> off of. I don't know. It could be it could be a tree. It could be the cat. I think. Oh, it's fucking herbal again. I don't know. Another Just, subtle little moment here is when Bu- when Buck says, "You got anything, Jeff?" And Jeff now in fear of Buck just commandeering the thermal as he did a couple of episodes ago says, "I'm looking. I'm looking." Rather than his normal nothing got, yet because nothing. he knows nothing yet is that's a threat for Buck to just walk mm-hmm. over there, look over his freaking shoulder and say, well, that right there is the Cherokee yeah. Death Cat. I can see it just fine. What's wrong with you? Are you stupid? <laughs> Does yeah. your dick not work? Yeah. I guess it must not work very good. You're right. Because I think Jeff is the dumbest one, but he's the brains of the operation. But he's also the historian in a in a group that just makes shit up as they go along. So he's so aggressively useless. <laughs> they, they make another mistake here, and it's that they show us the scale of Jeff's thermal now, and it goes from 
Dark blue, the coldest it records, which is 14.4 degrees Celsius, which is like 60 degrees. So it doesn't record below that. To red, which is 39.1 degrees Celsius, the highest it goes, which is like 102 degrees. And he pans over when we're looking at the scale to see Huckleberry next to him. And Huckleberry's exposed skin is the darkest blue it goes. Like he's a corpse. <laughs> but his hat is glowing brilliant red and white. <laughs> I think that proves that <laughs> like, he's some sort of a vampire, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it proves. I think he's the hat. I think I think oh, the being we know is Huckleberry. It all makes sense. He's <laughs> the hat. God. And for proof. That's why everyone has proof. unique hats. Because they're not interviewing right. the person. Oh, my they're God. This show just. the headgear. Everything clicks. <laughs> uh, for proof that, that it's actually a, a hat piloting a corpse, look at him. Look at Huckleberry. <laughs> That's true. He has been dead for years. Any doctor would diagnose that immediately. Like, oh, yeah, what you, what you got here is a hat piloting a corpse. Oh, yeah, this is uh, a hat host. I've seen this before. Uh, West Virginia, only in West Virginia. Frosty. Home of the Mountain Monsters. They do uh, something else in this episode. He's <laughs> a creeper. He's uh, <laughs> a zombie Frosty. That's funny. Um, they do something else in this episode. Um, that I don't know if they've done a lot and where they do some ADR because Buck takes off like Wild Bill. He's like, it's so personal for Buck that he ditches everyone to, he's like, I got this, I got this one, but it's all ADR'd because he's like the voice saying it is like very, very different. It's not out of breath. So he clearly came in after they filmed this and, and added that audio. And I'm not sure if that's a new thing or not, but it, it, it seems new. I never noticed it before. They Yeah, they use this a couple of times now where they really want to drive up the tension so they can cut to commercial. And in this case, it's a buck power waddling off. They do such a generous, like, shaky cam rapid cut, but he is not even attempting to jog as he just strolls off into the woods. It's just, just, a, just a very struggling walk as they're like, oh, no, we can't stop him. He's gone. And he charges off after the after the death cat, and they start screaming, "Buck, he's right above you, Buck! You're gonna die!" And then we cut to the commercial, as though we're gonna come back just mid mauling. Buck is just getting mauled <laughs> to death by the cat right in the middle. No, what happens is he walks back over the the top of the hill, and it's like, "What? What's up?" <laughs> and Jeff Jeff says, "Oh, there he is." <laughs> after this high, high tension. It's like, in the moment, they clearly weren't screaming, Buck, he's right above you. Buck, you're going to die. Because he just shows back up and Jeff goes, oh, hey, I got him. Well, Trapper does give him the same lecture he gives to Wild Bill, where it's like, if you leave, you're going to die or we're going to die. Somebody's going to die if we split up. Um, yes. And he said, I wanted him. It's only fair. Which is fair, I guess. But Huckleberry gave him a, a swat with a hat, which, <laughs> if we're understanding this correctly, is like basically taking off his entire body and smashing him with it. I don't understand. That's a body slam. That's, that's a, a body. flying from the top rope that's body a Ricky slam. That's the Dragon Steamboat finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he whops him with his hat. Uh, <laughs> and, the, and the human body he was piloting drops dead, like the second it, it comes loose. So that was interesting. <laughs> they all have to wrestle the hat back on him. Uh, but to go back and think about this scene being filmed, the fact that nobody breaks when he slaps him with his hat, because it's supposed to be like, you know, a sad moment and they're admonishing Buck and he put them at risk. And he pull, whip, takes off his hat and whips him in the head with it. That nobody cracks up laughing. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. That's I agree. professionals. 
<laughs> it had a sadness to it. Like we're making it sound like he's admonishing him, like, cause he hates him, but it was more of a, how dare you? Do- I couldn't live without you. How could you do this to me? Type of hat swan. My boy. Yeah. <laughs> My boy, don't you know it? Uh, after Huckleberry says, well, now that we're all here and you're safe, by God, you can move pretty quick. <laughs> oh, that's, that's real nice of you. Cause you can see that he's sad. Yeah. You can see that he's sad that he did the wrong thing. So it's a nice thing to say. Uh, it's a nice lie it to tell him. Nice well, but then they, look, they're doing ahead. an episode that's pumping up Buck as a mm-hmm. hero. We we like Buck. He's probably the most competent member of this group. But easily, this is not an easy narrative task. So they keep like they early on when we they spotted the, the track. It was actually Buck who spotted. They made a whole deal of. of uh, Trapper couldn't see any tracks with Buck's like there. It's right there. Like they're really trying to pump him up. So to add that Buck has superhuman speed. Okay. Uh, I. Okay. Sure. <laughs> no. I mean, we're calling him a husky ninja. And I guess like everything, we forget that we made that up like partway through the show. Just like, <laughs> just like we forgot that we misunderstood the Cherokee County part of Cherokee Death Cat. We're like, he's a husky ninja. I forgot I was being mean. So that's what he is. Uh, he, he actually takes us out on that. He says, I may have Cherokee blood running in my veins, but I'm still a husky ninja. <sighs> and it's not supposed to be funny when yeah. he says that. It's, it's supposed to be, I guess, inspirational. They um, also decide here, uh, the same thing they decide almost every episode is that it's toying with them. Like that sneaky son of a bitch is intentionally like leading them down paths to make them like embarrassed this, this as trapper cat. says he's stealth <laughs> he is stealth. <laughs> no he says he's stealth he oh he he space stealth yes. okay he's stealth he says he's stealth he's sneaky some bitch <laughs> uh so we've learned where to place the trap now uh wild bill and willie's crackhead trap shack over there where they're magavering together what is certainly going to be wood and twine, uh, like it is every single time. <laughs> but with a lid, because it's a kitty cat. You're right. Uh, Buck, with his Cherokee blood, tells them, this thing can climb. And Wild Bill goes, oh my god, you tell me we got to put a lid on it? <laughs> I can't believe it. This is new technology. It's true. Mothman didn't get a lid. They've they've fought a flying creature and forgot to give it a lid, and it flew out the top where a lid should be. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> they, they learned didn't nothing. Learn. <laughs> uh, so the trap uh, Willie has in mind is what he calls a trip string drop trap. And now stay with me here. It's a big box that falls when it, when you yeah. trip something, <laughs> probably destroying itself. Uh, who knows. <laughs> the difference is that it has it has a gate on the front like the the other traps do, but this one also has a lid, a door on the top that slaps closed instead of just a solid roof uh, for no reason. If but, you've I, ever had like a cardboard box, like like after you've opened Christmas presents, and then your cat jumped in the box and like the lids kind of closed after it, so that it looked like it closed it up itself up in the box. Mm-hmm. This is that in trap form. This is that. It makes a kind of sense. It feels like there was a psychological reason for not having a roof at the start. Like the Cherokee cat would see that and think like, oh, this is a nice box with no lid. Uh, it's not a building. It's not a cube. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm wrong. My Cherokee death cat instincts were wrong this whole time. It has become cube. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what they were implying. I don't remember what this. I didn't take notes on the speech, but um, 
it felt like that was what they're hoping. <laughs> so now Wild Bill takes us out of that scene to the building montage and he says, come along, yes, they're going to have party. And then cut to chainsaws. And this is the most desperately rambunctious I think we've ever seen Wild Bill. Like maybe like maybe his dealer has been cutting his rambunct with uh, with Pep and Moxie. Well, we've and again, we, we're skipping over the fact they have Buck here helping build the trap. Yeah, like he's helping to build the trap. Brand spanking new, but yeah, they have done a thing recently where they've decided that Wild Bill, his role is to bring energy to the episode. Like the episodes really don't get going until Wild Bill shows up. So they have had, starting with a few episodes back when they had him do golf cart shenanigans. So like just, just riff, just riff with the golf cart. And he almost killed himself multiple times. Here, they give him a machete. And there's like, go do some, go do machete shenanigans. Go, go do machete boobery. Just riff. Just, just riff. Let your comedy instincts with the blade take over. <laughs> and he almost kills uh, everybody else in this one. <laughs> he, he's, so Buck and Willie are standing back watching Wild Bill flail madly at a small bunch of twigs with the machete until he's out of breath. And Willie goes, he's crazy. Good job, Bill. And then we smash cut. To Willie trying to haul a big cluster of branches away, and Wild Bill comes flying in like Heathcliff pouncing with his machete over his head <laughs> in a jumping chop ambush. <laughs> like, like just the most ADD child unsupervised with a machete move you could possibly hope for. And then we do a quick montage of all the other times Wild Bill just caves someone's head in with a log, just spinning around with logs. Until Willie finally stops it by going, are you bleeding? <laughs> He's desperately out of breath, bleeding from a gouge in his neck. And he goes, just makes me that much more meaner. I like to see blood. Y your own? Your own? <laughs> I wrote down, he screams at one point, compound interest with no context. <laughs> <laughs> we smash cut out of that scene to him playing horsey with a log. <laughs> yeah, it's. He's gone fucking completely insane. Completely insane. And he looks so tired by the end yeah. of it. Like, he's just, it took everything he had. Like, he cannot go on that big of a bender. He's, you know, he's 50. He looks 70. He's He went on such a bender trying to get that bear beast. He can't do, he can't do this again. Uh, at one point, he does, in the middle of all that, compliment how incredibly strong and hardworking Buck is. And in That's fact, true. describes him as a Clydesdale. And then that's in their heads for the next scene. <laughs> that's I'm, true. I'm convinced they filmed this in order because they mentioned Clydesdales. And now we're on to our next witness, Boone, who's wearing like four hats in one hat. I don't know what I'm looking at here. <laughs> it's really hard, you to, hard to tell. I didn't write it what down. What is that? I, just, I was hoping you would decode this, I, this guy's hat. It's like a newsboy, like a pageboy cap. It's got like the headband part of a beanie. It's like part. It's like part trilby on the top. I don't know. It's it is an unholy. It's a Frankenstein of hats. A Frankenstein's. I'm sorry. A Frankenstein's monster of hats. I'm not saying that they got another of my notes retroactive, retroactive in time, uh, but they are very paranoid about repeating hat wear on witnesses because I am watching like a hawk to see the same hat show up twice because I am convinced that the producers have a hefty bag full of hats that they distribute to the witnesses uh, because, again, they that's the only way to tell them apart. 
and this this monstrosity almost appears homemade or something. This this reeks of desperation, frankly. You know, in a way, it supports your theory because I think you only get this hat if you have a hefty bag of hats that gets wet and then struck by lightning on a <laughs> on a blood moon. I think this is what emerges. This is like you go to a Mad Max car of hats. This yeah. is like what what a civilization after the apocalypse would hack together out of hat parts mm-hmm. to like have a hat. It's just out of necessity. They've made this. Uh, so he's a Boone is a farmer. Uh, they don't specify what kind. I'm going to assume ham. He's a ham farmer. Uh, he's got trail cam footage of the death cat. Uh, I just want to say real quick. Boone looks fucking crazy. I don't know what his deal is. Like, I, I wrote down initially, he looks like Mac tonight. And then I wrote down, no, he looks like reverse Mac tonight. <laughs> and I just wrote down, what is he? <laughs> reverse Mac tonight. A haunting thing to say about a person. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yeah, no, like, you're right. He has no forehead and no chin and some yes. nose. He's no, so flat. Don't don't overthink it. He's reverse Mac tonight. <laughs> okay. And he, the Cherokee Death Cat beat the shit out of his horse in a way that, like, you would document like the Jets. Yes. Okay. I'm death, glad the, yeah, somebody it, else like, noticed that tore up his horse, killed it and then like left its beloved body where he could find it. I just feel like that would have been a tremendous amount of evidence to, to show to these men. Like here's the photographs of the horse crime scene. Like somehow that's a bigger deal. Like a horse takes a lot of training. It's a lot of money. It's yeah, a bigger it's bond. Best friend. If something mauls your horse to death, like the fucking predator, I feel like that warrants an investigation that's more than calling some hillbillies what Hunt pretends is. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's an actual it, animal control. You're actually ca- calling the county yeah. because there's hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of animals at risk of a, again, does not need to be a Cherokee death cat. Could be somebody's, if there are no big cats in the area, it could have been somebody's pet. As we all know, there are tiger people. There are all sorts of big cat people who are all crazy. You would immediately assume, oh, some idiots, some drug dealers, freaking tiger that he bought uh, from Florida and hauled up here in a trailer, got loose and killed my freaking horse. I want to sue that guy. Uh, I guess that's what this is. That's what they are. Like, in fiction, that's what this crew is. Is like, yeah, when, I guess so. When, when something mysterious mauls like your horse to death and you got to actually get an investigation going rather than just being like, well, fuck. Uh, you you call these guys? These are like the Ghostbusters squad of of hillbilly animal death investigation. Nope, that's AIDS again. I invented AIDS again. Uh, so so uh, so Huckleberry hears all of this and takes it a step further when he cuts into his testimony and he says. This was an 1,800-pound workhorse. Now, I don't know shit about horses, but that seemed fucking crazy to me. So I looked it up, and that is on the large side for a Clydesdale. (laughs) Like, that is the largest horse that has ever lived Mm -hmm. side. Like, there are Clydesdales that are bigger than that, but there's no horse that's that size and is not a Clydesdale. It's nuts to say that that, that what this thing actually killed was an 1,800-pound workhorse. I just, I love it. I love that everything even if it's just an incidental horse, now has to be the biggest well, anything. There was that time when he was like, hey, we're like 500 clicks away from you. Like, I just, I feel like they just don't know what numbers are or what measurements are. Like some sort of education system yeah. has maybe failed them. That's a little too real. Yeah. He might have found an old sweatshirt 
and said, this is my beloved 1,800-pound horse. You're like, they, they, just, they just don't know what things are. <laughs> uh, so we cut to commercial on that, come back in, and uh, this whole episode, every time we come back in from commercial on the chubby kitty costume, I laugh my ass off because I forgot that's <laughs> it, what it looks like. the it's, funniest one so far. <laughs> and I say so far because next episode is the... the um, <laughs> It's fun. The shadow funny. We're getting to it. We're so going to get to the shadow creature people. Please, we have to finish this episode first. <laughs> it's it's everything. Everything escalates. This is what I'm saying. Everything escalates every episode because this is the funniest one they've done so far. They're going to top it, but it's incredible. They give him a little goofy expression on his face, like if you took away the glowing red eyes. I forgot to even mention the glowing red eyes because, of course, there are glowing red eyes. But if you took that away, he's like a mascot. At the at the less popular part of, of Disneyland, like at a part where you're like, they still have this ride. He's like one of the mascots there. It's like a grade school bobcat mascot where they find the costume <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I forgot we had that. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Uh, the trail cam pick, you can almost see what they're going for. Like, I think they use some sort of image of an actual mountain lion. Yeah, it might be Maybe. less than anything they've ever shown. It is. It's just some indeterminate animal. It's just. Yeah. Yes. They, Sprinting by the shittiest camera money can buy. And I know it's not a Cherokee death cat because they look right at it and they don't die. <laughs> but Trapper does say, look at the power in those hips in like an unprompted way. Though. <laughs> uh-huh. Are you and a little bit horny for it? In the photo he's looking at, its hips are not visible. So this is an. <laughs> they did not come up with this picture until post-production. He's yeah. just looking at a blank piece of paper. And so when he said, look at the power of those hips, whoever does the crude photoshops for their supposed trail camera footage is like, screw you. <laughs> Fuck you, Trapper. I don't, know, I don't know how to render hips. It also means Trapper might be the source of this thigh fetish that is like incorporated into every single CGI model. <laughs> You're right. He's, he's showing his ass or showing his ass fetish right now. Just. Look at the power in those hips. And then he shudders. And you're like, I don't think you're selling frightened with that trapper. I think you're selling something else. So they know now where to put the trap. Uh, we cut to Wild Bill and Willie's crackhead trap shack. And they are rolling up in their little forest golf cart. And they instantly find a spot where he has, he has peed and clawed a branch. So like they just, everybody just fucking, you can't, it's rotten with Cherokee death cat evidence. This whole, this whole area. Uh, so Will, Willie says, or Wild Bill says, we are going to put the old smackdown on old Mr. Huh, Cherokee Death Cat. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have that in my notes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, it, there's a, a few moments in this show, in this episode, where Wild Bill forgets what he's saying halfway through what he's saying. Um, you may have, w listeners, you may have been wondering, in the previous witness, why did they not ask the witness, why would the Trail of Tears uh, victims want to kill your horse? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do, sir? Like, That's what is point. the, if you, like, not even poking holes in the logic of that, but just in terms of telling the story of a monster What's the monster's motivation? It, why is it, it's not, is it killing your, the cows and your horses and your animals out of spite? Because I know that we're on episode 14 and that it would be beating a dead horse to point out that 
the one thing you need to know in the story, which is what is the goal of the heroes, we literally never know except for last last time when they shot the bear beast to death and then it flowed down a river. <laughs> yes. Um, well, they Bill's literally motivations are usually pretty clear. His motivations pretty clear, but him saying we're going to put the old smackdown on Mister Cherokee Death Cat, and then in a moment he's going to say something to the effect of, you know, when they're building the trap, like we're going to see if this can't calm him down. So <laughs> there's true. all this yeah. this vague language of we're going to tame him, we're going to calm him down, we're going to, but are they trying to document its existence? That can't be true because they've established that it is a danger. Mm-hmm. So are they trying to subdue it to move it to another location away from these people's creatures? No, they are not equipped to do that. It's fascinating to me because at some point they have to get that note of you have to establish what your job is as the Ames team. Because here, like murdering this immortal creature doesn't, they've not yet used that language. But Buck talks about how it is his lifelong dream to find this thing. Okay, to your dream is to find it and and Lock what? It in a and cube. Not to prove it exists because you've got a photo already. And and put a, put your hat on it, put your bandana on it, so that you can take over its body and become <laughs> unstoppable. Mario Odyssey style. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, so. We're out in a Mario Odyssey out here in these woods. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is different from a Frosty. I know we hunted a Frosty before. This is a different, it's a subtype. It's a subtype of Frosty. Uh, So, Willie explains that that the trap, the kind of trap he's making with the lid, it's good at catching cats. But this is a big cat, so the trap has to be big. Uh, you, you don't get it. This is trapology we're talking. It's advanced trapology. It's pretty advanced. It, well, just trust him. There's a trap moment here where I love where Willie's like building a trap and he's hard at work and he looks real focused on hammering nails. And while Bill is full on fucking around like a child and he's like climbing up the wall <laughs> brace while the other guy's building the wall it's bracing and slips and falls directly on his dick. And, and Willie pivots all the way around, like spins yeah. around the log and falls. <laughs> it's like a, uh, <laughs> and it's so he thinks he's still doing wild bill shenanigans. It's like, no, well, no, we've moved on to the building of the trap montage. We don't need you to be, but cause he's not on the way to do some task. He climbs up the log specifically to do the prat fall. I, I mean, I assume this was on purpose. It, I can't imagine what he's doing otherwise where he, you know, does the classic comic thing, which I don't think it's the first time he's done this where he's straddling, he's climbing up a log and then falls and, and then it flattens his cock. I'm not so jaded as you. I do believe that Wild Bill could authentically flatten his cock all the time in natural way. I believe that of this man. Just like I believe he genuinely falls out of all of those trees. Like, <laughs> oh no, those are accidents. Yeah, no, those are. <laughs> I think I think he was just fucking around, like Sean said, like a bored twelve-year-old. I'm gonna see if I can climb this, and then he ate shit right onto his nuts. And Willie saw it as he was trying to build like an adult and was just like, damn it, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like an adult. I mean, he's still building a, a trap. A 12 year old who's just great, less fun. Yeah, that's a garbage Indian cube. Indian grief cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like an adult. 
Uh, so it's on to our third witness, who's a farmer, another farmer named Davis. He raises sheep. Uh, he is wearing a, a camo hood, a beanie over a baseball cap. So <laughs> I personally think that is a recycled baseball cap. They put the beanie over to try to hide that fact. I can't prove it, so I'm not going to say any further. I'm not opening opening myself up to liability. Um, be sure. I believe this may be a recycled piece fed where if any of you listeners out there, if you want to go frame by frame on all the previous episodes and the witness segments and see, uh, feel free to do that. You're looking just at the bill part. I just flashed forward uh, like two years to us doing this podcast and having a segment called Light Hat Forensics. <laughs> where we- <laughs> I'm in. I'm absolutely in. I just, you know, it's going to get there. We're going to eventually go completely insane and be looking at this shit with a microscope. Like, no, this is, I know this fucking hat. I'm going to start. This was episode seven. I'm going to start taking more screenshots. I'm, we're going to do it. Collect, collect the hat forensics. (laughs) They're trying to hide it. This is the second hat abomination we've had in one episode. (laughs) Something's going on. I'm telling you, lightning struck that that hefty bag of hats. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they just got to make it do. Uh, so, <clears throat> so this time, Davis says it came into his barn and slaughtered all of his sheep. Uh, <laughs> he has no proof of this. He doesn't show them even a picture. Uh, I would have taken so many pictures if I walked into a barn and there's 50 dead sheep. This is a huge deal again. This is like the investigation caliber deal where like you have to tell the state. Yeah. Something happened. He said they were all killed and piled in a corner. (laughs) Yes. Like, that would be in the news in Japan if you took that photo. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that would be in the papers. There's no creature that does that. Like, this is, okay, at the very least, if it killed all of your sheep, where I think he says something like 50 or something. He he lists a number. It's big. He killed all of them. That's your entire business. Like, that is... That's that affects your taxes at the least. That's an you insurance need, claim. Right. You need something like, yeah, you There's, would have photos from the insurance for that. You would have photos. You know, there are people who have to come and dispose of those corpses. Uh, that would be a whole deal. There would have there would be a countywide alert put out for whatever. Hey, there's a life life ruining animal out here that will utterly destroy your entire ranch versus and again if, if listeners waiting to hear if this guy has a single photo of his pile of dead sheep absolutely not he no. did not have his camera with him at that moment in fact we go in the barn and it's not fucking soaked in gore <laughs> like it's not <laughs> yeah, he's really cleaned it up if you, uh, the, if you kill 50 sheep in there that's the end of that building it's done you mentioned uh going into a barn and this is so important to them they mentioned it uh, probably like eight times that the death cat went into a barn and that's crazy that it went into a barn because mm-hmm. like because a, they they for the first time have permission to go in a barn this that's, episode yes that's gonna, true you've got to use every part of the uh, buffalo. But I think it contradicts earlier where they very specifically had a magic lid that would drop on top of their cube because <laughs> the cat would never go into a barn. So, like, <laughs> so now they've established that if it was to come across this garbage cube with a roof, it was like, oh, that's fine. I, I love going in barns. Yeah, they establish, in fact, what they say now is that he learns from this that easy kills are inside structures so now he loves structures this fucking they did so much work to make it so a lid would fall on top of this thing they could have just put a roof on (laughs) they could have just taught it to love structures first how could they have known what if 
Jason talking about insurance. What if that's what they are? What if these are the guys you call? What if these are insurance gestures for when like something mysterious kills your entire your entire flock? He just kills everything. You call the Ames boys and they're running like a reverse Scooby-Doo where they're so bad at their insurance job. that They just they're constantly concluding that it's a monster that they can't hunt. And you're like, fuck. All right. And that's why we don't have to pay out. <laughs> Another even darker revelation here, which is that Davis, of course, has a photo. You would at this point, you know, he's uh, well, he's the third witness, so he's either got photo, video, something to to keep raising stakes, and he does. But shocking moment, his photo is from the camera he has pointed to record the inside of his barn. Yes, the which the camera as they've the established very unusual. The his barn full of his tools and his knives and his rope. He has a camera in there to film what he does in there, and that's how he <laughs> caught a photo of the death beast. Oh, that's a good point. He's wearing a lot of a lot of concealing headgear, several pieces of concealing headgear, as though he doesn't want to be seen recorded for some reason. Uh, they they use this to establish, like Trapper says, very very explicitly. Well, he was stalking your scent. He's out to kill you, Davis. <laughs> Which means they have to kill this thing or else Davis is a goner. It's yep. gonna kill Davis, like we've established. And several other unsolved crimes will suddenly... <laughs> the it's not gonna bring closure suspiciously to Davis. Once Davis dies. Yeah, it won't bring closure to Davis's murder, but it will bring closure to a lot of other murders. <laughs> I'm going to just say happens. the obvious. I think Davis might have been dead for a few months and the hat is piloting him. I'm just going to throw it out there. That's probably what's happening here. It's a colony of hats. It's three hats that it takes to work that body. Also, I'm going to I'm about to add something to the Mountain Monsters drinking game. Uh, you actually misquoted Trapper there just now, uh, Mr. Brockway. What the full quote is, I hate to tell you this, Davis. But I believe that thing is stalking your scent. I want you to take a drink every time Trapper says the phrase, I hate to say it, or I hate to tell you this, right before saying something that he very much does not yes. hate to say. <laughs> so excited. I love saying it. Okay, so back at Wild Bill and Willie's Crackhead Trap Shack, they test out Willie's trap. It is, kind of, I'll give it this, I make fun of Willie for having the simplest log on a stick traps. When you actually see this thing go off, it does look like the game Mousetrap. <laughs> like there's little, little swinging parts. It's pretty funny. I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him that. On this, this is one. a ten out of ten trap for sure. <laughs> on grading on the curve, <laughs> where where the rest of the Ames crew is the curve. Yeah. Uh, then, then yes, this is ten it's out of ten. Best trap. Buck says they didn't need I to build it because. Dreamed. They could have just lured it into a barn because it loves barn. We just spent a yeah, whole lot of time. They could have just put the bait, the, the bait in Davis's barn where they yep. already know it likes to go and is going to come back. They already they could just put the bait in there and then just rigged it so the door closes behind it. Um, but we actually skipped over something very briefly. I want I want to touch on. They got the note that the third witness. There has to be a reason. Because, again, the whole issue, the whole flaw in the show's format is by the time they talk to the third witness, they have already built the trap. So, like, last time, I think, you know, they try to play around, like, well, now we know what kind of bait it needs. Or this time, Trapper, who, 
I've said it before, his ability to say just absolute BS with a straight face, his ability to gaslight the audience is amazing. It's like Tom Cruise-esque in his ability to just look right at you and, and mesmerize you with whatever he says. And the ball's on this guy. Based on what Davis told us, we're going to have to change our strategy on the hunt. We're going to have to put part of the team down in the farm country and the other part of the team up in the high country and then both do a pincer movement (laughs) and work him toward the trap. He looked right into the camera knowing that they had done the pincer movement strategy for 13 (laughs) straight episodes and said, well, the reason we had to talk to Davis, and when he showed us that photo of the inside of his barn and and we saw the the beast and then Davis was in the background, you know, nude in a clown mask, the, the reason that was important, we weren't wasting your time, viewers. We learned that the way to do this is we're going to need to do a pincer movement. It's like when you get a, a feedback note from somebody you don't agree with, but you have to do it. So you go back and you just like put the bare minimum in there and get, <laughs> get by it. He got that producer note and he was like, fuck you. I don't have to explain why everything's a pincer movement. It's the best movement. You name a better movement, dickhead. Here's why we have to do it. It's it's not called the pincer movement. It's the high, low. It's the it's the multi country movement now. High low country movement is what this is. Uh, so so hold on, something just occurred to me. What if Davis is actually the thing killing all of these creatures? <laughs> and they were so close. This is like the moment where we'll look back in the show and like season nine, they're like fucking it was Davis the whole time. Uh, okay, so. They have to now bait the trap. Uh, and because it's Buck's episode, he doesn't have to bait the trap. That's what he always says. That's the joke. Uh, and he says he got the bait this time. And what Trapper doesn't know is a peed on it. A peed on the bait. That's an exact quote he says. What he don't know is a peed on it. A peed on that bait. <laughs> and, uh, it For no reason. <laughs> this could absolutely jeopardize the entire mission because they have no idea if the Cherokee Death Cat wants to eat human pee. <laughs> he, he tries to spin it like we just learned he loves Davis. Davis smells like piss. So I piss <laughs> on that pee. Well, that's, that's the, yeah, the meta comedy. That What's so great, so funny about the show is the things they failed to do. So here, they intentionally had a plot point this thing is after not just the scent of people, but the scent of this guy. It went to into his barn because it smelled him. So the bait would be that guy's shirt or something. Like that, or that guy. Put yeah, Davis or have him in stand there. in there. Yeah. Like like you establish that and it's like, oh no, it's a pile of guts that Buck has urinated on. It's like, well, that's the meanest thing anybody's ever said to Davis. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you are. A pile of butt got somebody pissed on. You sound like my first wife. <laughs> However, they do have, they've gotten one of Jason Parge's producer notes from out of time. Maybe the most important one. 14 episodes into this, into this series, they, for the first time ever, think, I'm going to set up a camera at the trap. Just in, just in case. And he doesn't want to jinx it. He's like, I'm sure this trap will work, but 
I'm going to put a camera here in case it doesn't so that we won't come away with fucking nothing again. <laughs> and this is, I will say, okay, this is 14 episodes in to us, to the order we're doing it, the HBO Max order. That puts it still in season one. Uh, to every other order, this is the end-ish of season two where they finally thought to put a camera in the trap. This, you know, this might be the first time I've seen Trapper give a genuine smile. Because after they explain, like, ha ha, I peed on you, you're covered in my pee, he, like, doesn't care. He's, like, smiles, and like I said, really got me. Because he's a man, he loves to get piss on his hands, face, and beard. That's what he's saying. He's, like, maybe he's learning this just now, maybe he's always known, but he's a piss man. Pee-pee, yummy yum. Look at the powerful hips on that buck. <laughs> he's a, it's a hips man, he's a pee-pee man. <laughs> also, the good thing is, is that they're going to put, surely, I assume, a full motion 4K video camera there yes. and just with enough battery and, and, and enough you know, hard drive space to last for the couple of hours of the hunt. Because obviously it would be stupid to just put a trail camera there and get a third trail camera photo. Right. You already yeah, because have. like you understand why all of their witnesses have the trail kit. They they're not looking for this. They're just hunters. They're buying you know chip from Walmart, put out there because it's good enough. But they have a camera crew. They have a, a TV show. They have a budget. Surely they can put just one of the cameras they use. One of the cameras they use for the show. They know exactly where it's going to be and when, so you can have a full setup. Help put five cameras on it. It's get it from every angle. I, let's assume they do that. I mean, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember what my notes say later, but I'm just going to assume uh, they say they do exactly that. So they split up into their two teams for their uh, their their top and bottom country maneuver. Uh, let's go. Let's call that. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> so so Trapper's team hears a rustle and know they're being stalked. Jeff doesn't have him on thermal. Thanks for the update, Jeff. Always, always <laughs> important to have you along. Uh, Buck's team finds something unthinkable, a barn they're allowed in, uh, <laughs> an, an outbuilding, a dilapidated outbuilding somebody actually trusts them to go in. Uh, Willie reasons, well, old cats, they like to hang around barns, so this big cat must like to hang around barns. Uh, as, though, as though the hunting mice, they all like... It's not the mice. They like the barn itself. Uh, sure enough, they find that cookie cutter sharp line track. They go in the barn and and my God, there are rabbits all around. And something has got those rabbits got spooked. spooked. And they pan across the rabbit to show that it, it's not spooked at all. Yeah. <laughs> and not as spooked as it should be with multiple men with shotguns stomping around in there and making noise. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so easy. A rabbit spends like, I want to say 90% of its time and like, fuck, something's going to eat me. Like, like that's just its headspace, and that rabbit is just kind of looking at the camera, like, "Whoa, hey, what's this?" That's probably that's the, the most only chill type of guy that goes into that barn. <laughs> that's true. They've seen, they've seen way worse from Davis. The the <laughs> yes. things those rabbit eyes have witnessed, which is part of Davis's ritual. Now it does kind of ruin rabbit. the illusion that they're that they're in like an old abandoned barn in the woods, as opposed to this a barn in somebody's backyard where they've got their pet rabbit out there and with its little, you know, water dish and all that. And this is just, <laughs> they're, they're on somebody's property, which again, they always are, but they're usually try to hide it. They make it sound like they're in the roughest woods place, place where nobody's ever been before. And it's like, no, this is just somebody's outbuilding. Um, also we, we missed a moment where wild bill says this thing, all of us could wind up as kitty litter. 
Which again, no. partway through nope. the sentence, he was trying to think, what happens to somebody after they get killed by a big cat? Well, they, <laughs> they get- become small sections of clay. Is that what bag. kitty litter is? Is that that's poop? That's how cats poop. They poop gravel. <laughs> I just like, like we all can kind of relate to someone say, to like making a mistake like that. Like we'd get where he was going, but like a normal person would be like, "Oh, what the fuck am I saying?" Like, he, like they catch themselves making that mistake, but. It's the fact that they leave it in the show yeah. is the thing. Because we, you know, we edit these podcasts. Sometimes, you know, we, we don't know what we're saying. And so we can just take it out. The editors are not kind to Wild yeah. Bill. I got to say, most of the time, like 90% of the time, probably more than that, I just leave it in so that we look like assholes. That's like, fine. We'll just me. say shit. Yeah. What the, and what it sounds the terrible. And we say the wrong thing. And it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but you just, just acknowledge it. And move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they've spooked somebody's pet rabbit. They've spooked. They spooked Davis's pet rabbit that has to watch what he does to those women. That's part of it. Jesus. Uh, and then he eats the rabbit, and that's what makes it taste so good. Uh, <laughs> serial killer improv over here. Uh, best kind of improv. I can taste her fear in your liver. <laughs> they they find a deer leg, uh, just like a leg over there, and bang, some buckets fall over. Buck spins around and says, it took off up the stairs because he's taking, he's the lead here. Wild Bill says, about took a whiz right down my leg. Like, that's not the moment for that. Yeah, no. You're, in- <laughs> You're in mortal danger. <laughs> yeah, for a little quip. If it is poking its head down and you make eye contact with it, you will die. So it's in a loft up above. They're sure it's going to pounce down from above. But they still have to go underneath that loft for s- some reason. I'm not sure why. Like- They're in the barn. I'm they, I don't know. They climb up and they, uh, it's Buck and Wild Bill, and they're back to back with their guns. And this is, they call this uh, one by one anti cat formation uh, in military speak. Uh, and I thought this was very funny that uh, that they chase this cat up into this this loft of a barn, and and it's just gone. I guess like it throws a, bo- a box at him and and vanishes. I don't know. It's the storytelling just falls apart completely for them to well, like. We skip. Did we skip? We something? skip one really cool moment there that they fuck up completely, and it's they're trying to do a very old horror cliche where they're looking around. Right, where is it? Where is this thing? And then somebody uh, looks at Buck and says, "Oh, it's Willie." Willie looks at Buck and says, "You're bleeding, Buck." And Buck goes, "No, I'm not." And so, like, we know, we know that moment, like. Oh, he's going to slowly look up and then the monster's above him. Oh, my God. But what they do is debate for about three minutes whether or not it's Buck who is bleeding. Yeah. Where he may have got the cut. Why? Why he wouldn't have noticed it. And then the death cat gets so impatient. They never do look up. He just drops the carcass in the middle of their conversation like, fuck you then. Okay. Now, the carcass that falls down in front of Buck is dropped on a string. I don't know if you guys noticed this. I didn't notice I actually the string. freeze framed it. Oh, that's and amazing. it's just a clear, it's not like, it's not like fishing line where it's difficult to see. It's a thick piece of like a clothesline or something. I can't figure out why what? they needed to what? drop it on a string versus just dropping it in front of him. It must have not fallen the right way or. It's weird. There's, they're like Kubrickian professionals where they're like, no, I have a vision for exactly how the cor- the carcass has to fall. And it's not like that. We need to mistake. rig it up. Maybe they didn't have a way to drop it because there's no hole in the roof for someone to be up there to drop it. 
So they had to rig it with the string, and then the string oh, didn't break in the right spot? Nobody maybe? could stand up there holding it, so they had yeah. a string draped down over a rafter, and one right. of them, probably whoever, Trapper, somebody's off camera, just let go of it so it would fall down. Okay. I think more jarring than the string was how bad Buck was at acting. Like, he's like, I am not bleeding, gentlemen. Now, what are you talking about? I'm, Which means that this is beyond his means as an actor, which, um, which means, and this is going to sound crazy, he thinks it's all real. Because he's not normally a terrible actor when he's like, I'm going to go into the woods and find Bigfoot. He seems to mean it. Whereas he can't say like, I'm, I am not bleeding from my head. So I'm just saying, I don't think he has the acting chops to do this show just from this moment. <laughs> when they get t- too scripted, it, it, they struggle with it. If they're That's, not just yeah. kind of like loosely playing, but when they get like this, because here it's got to be, he's got to hit a mark. Like he has to be standing stand in the right spot. They've got a piece of tape on the floor where he has to stand so the the uh, dead goat doesn't fall on his head, and he's got to turn around the timing. Then they've got a cue whoever Huckleberry whoever's holding on the string to let go of it. It's it, and it becomes very unnatural. Where if you're just out there riffing fair. in the woods, okay. it's, um, it's a fair also, point. That- in the middle of all this, we do get Wild Bill instructing Buck kick that door in. If something moves, start blazing away. <laughs> so he has decided, no, we are here to assassinate the ancient uh, spirit of, of the Native Americans who were were killed in the Trail of Tears. So, yeah, Trapper is called in and the, the cat has like bolted from the bar. They've got to chase after him. And it's really dangerous now because he could be in any of these other barns. I guess there are multiple other barns. So it's really lucky that he's in the very first one right in front of them so that they don't have to look through a bunch of them. Because he is, he's in the he's in the very next barn, and here's uh, here's another just absolutely crazy moment where where Jeff, it's Jeff's turn, and Jeff says the wackiest fucking thing he's ever said. Again, if I was on set, I would shoot Jeff immediately as an alien the second he says this. And what he says is, "Watch your crossfire, guys." What's oh, so fuck good. is going on? That's the first anyone's even implied that shooting each other in the face is a possibility. Yeah. In 14 episodes of pointing a shotgun right at each other's face, <laughs> Jeff has the audacity to introduce the idea of crossfire. Yeah, how dare you, Jeff? Off- offer gun safety advice. It's poison because Wild Bill, in like instead of saying some Wild Bill shit, what he says when they pan over to him is, well, yeah, watch your crossfire. He's like, he's, he thinks it's like a smart thing to say now. Like, you ruined it. You ruined Wild Bill. You know, there's there's something I want to talk about here because uh, these guys are always talking about, like, like the indignity of these suffering animals and how, like, these creatures, what makes them really mad is when the creature kills an animal but then doesn't eat it. But here they are, like, tearing a fucking leg off of a goat just so they can, like, play make-believe with its corpse. And, and you know, just, like, they're, they're mad about these things murdering for the pleasure, and they're the ones, like – just they flinging a dead body later. about. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're I think right. okay. You're overlooking two things. Jason's absolutely right. They ate that, but also it's obviously roadkill. <laughs> okay. In the next I, episode, they're actually going to say that. So he's Jeff has just introduced. Uh, we left off. We just introduced the possibility of crossfire, which is fucking brain poison. Luckily, I think they all purge that from their systems completely and never mention it again. Uh, they hear a noise on the roof. Willie uh, jumps up on the roof 
But to do that, he has to hand Wild Bill his shotgun, and we cut to a brief scene of Wild Bill dual-wielding shotguns. It's the most dangerous fucking thing I've ever seen. Even he looks like, well, this isn't a good idea. Here, this whole this whole sequence is such a beautiful example of where they don't know what to do with the scale of things. Because they were in a cramped little barn, and the death cat was supposedly literally three feet above them in this little loft and they're like oh no it it escaped it jumped out and so they go and now they're like it's well it's it's up on the roof but the roof is not it's not 50 feet in the sky it's a little barn it's just right there so yeah the death cat again an immortal creature that can kill you with a look is they think it's up on this this little barn and so Willie, who is now unarmed because he has to hand off his gun, they boost him up there to crawl up on the roof where the death cat, if it was there, would be five feet away from him. It would be right there. Plenty of time. I mean, you lose you lose <laughs> Willie's firepower because he's climbing up, but you give it to Wild Bill, so you gain mm-hmm. 500% firepower. But like, he is mugging for the camera, like, while this is happening. Like, like the death cat mauled Willie to death. Wild Bill still has a couple of lines he's got to deliver to the camera. A couple of okay signs. I'm on a double up my mouth. <laughs> Wild cat killing. Woo. He would absolutely yell crossfire while just lighting them all up. <laughs> crossfire! That's not what that is! Just mowing them down. <laughs> And of I, know, the, I got two guns. It's a crossfire. <laughs> of all the madness the show's ever done, like, the idea that the cameraman was looking right at the cat as it escaped through the one exit and somehow didn't capture it on film is really incredible. <laughs> so <laughs> I wish they would do a plot point like talking about how bad their camera people are. Yeah. They've got to they at some point, right? Because <laughs> ah, Hank screwed us again. We got- Hank, you're the worst fucking cameraman. We were actually we are actually seeing all of these things. I can't believe it. I actually have in my notes uh, the line that Wild Bill says when he has double shotguns. He says, "I got a double dose for old Mister Cat." I think I got. I think I got that right. I had that pasted in as my quote of the episode because again, he he I believe has gotten a note about having to bleep his insults toward the creatures. Yes. And here I think the political incorrectness of calling this thing a pussy or a cum chugger as whatever they called the <laughs> last last week's creature. As he called the bear beast. <laughs> cum chugging bear beast. I've got a double dose for, for old Mr. And you can see the gears turning in his head because yeah. there is a substantial pause here that, again, the editors are happy to capture and put into the show. And he thinks no just time says, is Mr. best. <laughs> that's a hundred percent what happens because they, uh, so they, they, they turn around and they find out that the cat, well, the cat was just stunting on him. It was just straight goofing on him, and it really lured him out there so it could run back and get the goat. Yes. They run back inside the barn and see that it went, it like just looped around them and went back and got the goat. And they stop to argue, like, Buck stops to argue with like whether or not the goat was ever there with Trapper, who never saw it. And they're wandering around the barn pointing at like, look, he probably ate some of it here. This is like a little speck of dust that he can (laughs) disturb while he was eating it. And he looks up here, forgetting that they're currently fighting it. (laughs) As if on cue, there's a canned roar right behind them. They all spin around. Because side note, I love how the monsters figure out how the stupid show works before they do. (laughs) So the monsters are playing with the format. 
And it's that point Wild Bill yells, come get you some of this. It's stupid. Stupid. Stupid, yes. That's what he lands okay. on. Again, the, uh, trying to call the ghost. Here's where they remember the, the ghost dumbest. of the grief of Native Americans manifested as a giant cougar. <laughs> the stupid. Dumbest, the dumbest thing. Like, that lore is so incredible, and they don't remember any of it. But what they do remember is that this is the rare predator who likes to go inside buildings. And so they're still, like, on Davis's property, and he has other barns and other little outhouses. And... And so they look around, they're like, oh, he could be in any one of these buildings. And so they think they're going to have to like go in and clear them like, like building by building, like, like it's fucking Fallujah. But the, cause the only thing about this creature they remember besides the, the, the rhino ramming speed, the, the death glare, the, the kitty cat powers, it's just like, no, he likes to go inside. And that's what they're focused on. And also in the course of talking about how quickly it ran away from them, uh, Wild Bill said, out the door he went like a stick of lightning. <laughs> he wanted to say like stick of dynamite, I think. Yep. As a person who often can't talk for shit, uh, I don't feel well represented by Wild Bill. <laughs> you, you would speak for us, sir. You can do better than this. Uh, so they're they're chasing the cat. Uh, it's thrilling. They're almost jogging. They decide that the cat, when he gets near the trap, leaps this entire this entire holler, this entire crick. Which means he has a 60-foot vertical leap. I don't think they, they thought out how goofy that would look of him just flying six stories straight up in the air. Dominique Wilkins. Windmill. <laughs> Jam! He has to be dunking, right? That's how I picture that, too. <laughs> they like, he has a basketball on the ball. Struggle a little bit here because they are all, at this point, all clumped up together among those outbuildings. And then they've got to... Now, obviously, have to have it head toward the trap. You cannot have an episode where the trap just doesn't come into play at all. That would be an awful thing to do to Willie. But they're no longer pincering it toward the trap. They're all just clumped together debating about whether or not the goat existed. And they're like, oh, it's on thermal. It's headed toward the trap. Well, it's, yep. At this point, it's heading toward the trap for no reason, although unless it's just attracted to the bucket of, of guts and uh, buck and urine. And what's that pee-pee? And buck urine. Huh? What's that? Cherokee buck urine? That's right. <laughs> it's looking for its own kind. It thinks that's where the, the other Cherokees that it's looking for are, uh, based on their piss, I guess. <laughs> I don't, the there's Cherokee no reason. Latrine. It just runs. I gotta get to that Cherokee latrine. <laughs> Speaking of which, cube. I think some of our listeners are getting very nervous because they're like, gosh, it sounds like we're getting toward the end of the hunt. And the fact that Buck is immune to the creature due to his Cherokee blood and the fact that the creature can kill and put a death curse on you with its stare, those things have not paid off yet. Hopefully it will pay off in the next few minutes. Well, yeah, right, only, right here in the final act. Only one way to find out. <laughs> Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. Let's cut to commercial on that. Come back with the, with the rendering of Jason Pargin and his huge thighs, his glowing eyes. Spin around it for a while. Recap everything that's happened up to this point. Uh, so they, they find out, they run back to the trap. They find out he just ran around it. He just yep. They have like a paw directly outside of it. It didn't work at all. He didn't even go for it. Uh, but it's not a loss because Buck remembers his trail cam. They got 12 pictures. So I guess just pictures, not video for some reason. Jeff loads it up on his computer, which is the first thing Jeff has done this episode. They show a rough cat shape near the trap. Near the trap, I'm assuming 
like generously 240p of a taxidermy taxidermied lion or something. Like it's it's cat shaped. I'll give them that. It is by their trap. It is not 4K high def video. Uh, it's just a shitty trail cam they bought at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Oh, can you describe the other eleven photos? Uh, no. Oh, how come? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Bill takes a look at that and says, "That's one humdinger of an animal." And Trapper says, "That absolutely proves the Cherokee Death Cat exists." <laughs> and the, <laughs> and the damn rookie proved it. And that's. I guess what they consider the close of a character arc. That's it. And they all start congratulating each other. And actually, Jeff says, you know, we caught him. We caught him, Buck. Which, of course, they they absolutely did not. But saying, like, well, no, we metaphorically, all we wanted was a photo of this creature. All we wanted was a third photo of this creature. (laughs) Because the photo, (laughs) which we started off with, when we came out here for a photo, and by God... We got a worse photo in that first one. Davis is, we established, he's going to die, that the death cat is marked him for death. Like, that's the entire thing with the death cat. It is onto his scent. It was there after him. It is coming into where he lives. So I'm just imagining them going back to him, back to Davis, saying, good news, we did it. We got a grainy black and white photo <laughs> proving he exists. Wait, no, and hold on. I gave you I, one of those. I gave you, no, I gave you a color photo. <laughs> I have, I had 37 corpses of sheep that were examined by the county. No, we know he exists. I'm afraid he's going to kill me. It's like, no. We, this conversation will never happen because when they go back to Davis's house and they knock on his door, it will slide open. And inside will just be so much blood and just that weird fucking hat in the center of it. <laughs> We're too late. And a taunting video daring them to come after him. <laughs> it was me, gentlemen. Fucking get you fucked, Chief Farmer Davis. <laughs> I love, this is like, is this the third one that they've specifically said a man, <laughs> one specific guy is going to die because yeah. we failed at this. Yeah. And one was, it was a, the guy's child. <laughs> one was the guy's child the and the other, it was... Or whatever, yeah, or yeah, the, it was the, the auctioneer, whatever. Auctioneer. Yeah. auctioneer. <laughs> the guy's kid. <laughs> this. We know three specific people their incompetence has killed within the fiction of their universe. <laughs> that, uh, we met those people. We saw them. And as they all stand around celebrating their obvious failure, everyone in the world knows they failed. <laughs> they, they got every, all of their efforts is they got a worse photo than what Davis already gave them. And this was Buck's Super Bowl. <laughs> and what Buck says is, I don't know if my Cherokee blood protected us tonight, but I definitely feel a connection with this creature. <laughs> Incredible. What the fuck are you talking about? What does that mean? You were going to kill it. You weren't here bonding with it. It threw a goat at you. It threw a goat at your fucking head. I don't think it likes your 23andMe printout. I don't think that's... (laughs) You were up... I don't think it respects it. You were up by four touchdowns against the New England Patriots, and they they came back to your Atlanta Falcons. Okay. So, that's the end of the episode. (laughs) Nothing... Nothing happened. Nothing was proven. They failed in every in new directions, even for them. Uh, but what's our favorite quote of this episode, Jason? 
uh, back when Buck was doing his bait prank with the bait that he had urinated on and uh, Trapper was getting all over his hands, Huckleberry, laughing so hard he can barely breathe, looks at the camera and says, so now he's got buck piss in his beard. <laughs> he was so cute. He was genuinely cracking the fuck up. He was a bright fr- red. A phrase so beautifully constructed that I feel like he's got buck piss in his beard should be a phrase we use to mean this person has made a fool of himself. Like a hundred years from now, people should not know the origin of that phrase, but should still be saying, ah, that's when that, that sale came in, you know, it's, it's half the estimate. He's got buck piss in his beard. <laughs> sure does. One of those things we make fun of him for saying, uh, Sean, what's yours? Well, we already talked about it, but mine was when, um, Wild Bill has Willie's shotgun, leaving his friend completely unarmed on a slick roof with the death cat of Cherokee County. And he looks at the camera and says, I got a double dose for old Mr. Ha. Cat. <laughs> he had a great episode, by which I mean he had a terrible episode, terrible but it was episode. great to watch. Uh, I don't think we touched on mine, and mine was... I just love the logic of it so much. Uh, when they were looking for the death cat and they, it had escaped their barn and they were looking at all of these other barns that they might have to check out, Buck turns to the camera and he goes, he was already in one barn. He could easily be in other ones. <laughs> really raised the stakes. <laughs> he knows barn now. You guys watch out. One final note before we go out. Um, we sometimes get feedback from readers. They say, again, that they can hear a baby crying in these recordings. <laughs> I want to say, again, that's not present when we record. None of us have a baby in the house. Nope. That's something that appears in the recording after it's on your device. I don't hear it. Death baby of Sean Baby County. It's not on my end. That's not. It hasn't been haunting me every night for 10 months. <laughs> Be a big foot last night. Whoa, whoa.